0: Hey everyone, this is Julie. I'm the lead pastor at The Grove Church. Welcome to our message podcast. We are so glad you decided to listen in. For more information, visit our website, thegrovecommunity.net, and check out our Instagram, thegrovefc. But most importantly, we hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! everyone welcome to the grove online my name is julie i'm the lead pastor here at the grove We picked the name The Grove because a grove is a green space in a community. It literally makes it healthier and stronger. That is what we want to be and what we want to do. And so in order to do that, during this whole coronavirus thing, we have created on our website, on the main page, a mobilization platform to help connect people that need help with people that can help. We would love for you to get on the website. Check that out. Fill out your information if you are able to help and pass the word, spread the word to people that you might know of that need help so that we can connect them. And the reason that we have this platform going on right now is because life is being majorly disrupted. And there are varying degrees that your life is being disrupted right now. Some of you are facing incredible financial hardships Some of you have family members that are sick. Some of you uh, are trying to figure out what to do with your kids during the day. And then some of you might just have minor disruptions, like you go to the grocery store and you can't find the tortillas that you need to make your breakfast burritos. But nobody likes being disrupted. It's super annoying, right? Like nobody says, oh... I love being disrupted. It's my favorite thing in the world. And it doesn't matter if it's something like, hey, your Wi-Fi goes out, and so you have to get up and restart the router, or your tire gets flat. It doesn't matter what it is. We don't like being disrupted. But have you ever noticed in your life that it seems to be those times of major life disruption is when you grow? Now think about it. How much of your growth in your life has happened, okay? How much of your major life change has happened when your life is just going easy? And how much of your life change, of your growth has happened in seasons that have been hard? It's just a fact of life that we tend to grow more when life is difficult. It's a pattern. It's a fact of life. And it happens really often in the Bible as well. And it especially happened with this guy named David. Now, we believe that David, at this point in the story, he's probably around 14 years old. Like, maybe he's just started to go through puberty We're not sure, but he's about 12 to 15 years old. And David was a shepherd, okay, which meant that all day long, he got to chill and hang out with sheep. That was his job. And he got some bragging rights too. The Bible tells us that he had like literally wrestled bears and lions. And so he had these bragging rights. He had this great life. He had a stable income, a stable job. His family was well off. And some of you, you might think he has the the perfect type of career, right? Like he gets to hang out all day in the woods, look up at the stars, be in nature. He doesn't have to deal with any interpersonal conflict. He's got it made. And then his life is disrupted. Okay, this neighboring people group, they come in, they decide to declare declare war on his people, the Israelites. And we are going to read about this in 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 3. It says, the Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soho and Judea and Azekah at F.S. Damim, Talk about some interesting names, okay? So he was camping there. And then Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the Valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. We're going to put up on the screen right now a picture of what is uh, modern-day Israel. And you can see on there that the Philistines... We're we're in the West, and the Israelites were in the East. And the part that you see circled is where this war is taking place, just to give you an idea. Now, this is a major life disruption. Their world is at war. Their country is at war. And think about it. They are facing some situations that are really similar to us. They don't know what their future is gonna hold They don't know if life as they know it is gonna change. And the story tells us that every day for 40 days, the whole army and King Saul went and faced this opposing people group. Life was shut down, nobody was doing anything, nobody was going anywhere because their world was in crisis. Something that we can relate to today. And then on top of that, not only were they facing this army, they were facing a warrior, a mammoth warrior. His name was Goliath. Now, the best way that I can try to describe what Goliath was, what he looked like, was imagine Dwayne the Rock Johnson, okay? This dude is buff, he is built, he is just a beast of a man. Now, I love a good The Rock movie, okay? And here's why. They're always fairly clean. There's always some crazy drama, some feat of of masculinity, of strength. And then he always goes and saves the day, so it always ends well. And a lot of times, if if, uh, my husband is sitting around, we're trying to figure out what to do on a a Saturday night, on a Friday night, and he's like, do you want to watch a movie? I'll often be like, no, movies are so long. But then if he says, hey, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in it, it'll often change my mind, okay? So he's got this bulk to him. He's huge. But then he's also significantly taller than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And we're gonna put up on the screen here a picture of this guy from the 1930s who was literally almost nine feet tall, which is what the Bible tells us Goliath is. So take this guy that you see, and you can see in this picture that we're showing you right now, uh, those he's standing next to Like real life adults, not children, okay? He is that tall. So imagine the the bigness of Dwayne the Rock Johnson next to the tallness combined with the tallness of an actual giant. And this is who the Israelites were facing, and they were terrified. And we read about this in verse 8. It says Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, right? He's like, I'm huge. I'm a giant. I'm a beast. Why are you even trying to come fight me? But you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man, one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. And he says this, and I want you to pay attention and remember this phrase. He says this, I defy the armies of Israel today. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. They were terrified and deeply shaken. Saul and his army, they're looking out Across Goliath. We're gonna put another picture on the screen. Um, It's the battlefield, the actual battlefield of where this took place. You can see that on the left is where Saul's army was, and on the right is where Goliath and the Philistine army was. And in between this area, there is a valley. And so they're both standing looking out at each other. Saul is looking out. He is focusing on Goliath, he is focusing on this enemy army, and he is scared, he's terrified, he's looking out across this valley, and all he can see is his fears, all he can see is his concerns, is his failure, is his life as he know it potentially falling through the cracks. He is looking out, and he is terrified. And it's putting him in a place where he is not able to move forward to be the king that his country needs him to be because he is looking out at fear and chaos and uncertainty. And I think right now there are a lot of us that we are in the same position. We are looking out at our circumstances and we are scared and legitimately so. There are hard parts to what we're dealing with right now with COVID. Last week, I think it was on Friday, we found out that Poudre Valley, that most of the schools that your kids go to, that your friends' kids go to, they are not gonna come back and finish out the remainder of their school year. And people were scared, they were afraid, wondering if they have the ability to do what it takes to teach their kids. It affects the teachers, it affects the parents, it affects those parents' jobs. And listen, I see you, I see that you're scared. There are those of you that have underlying health issues and you are getting more and more scared, especially now that the state just told us that they, be, they want us to be wearing masks at all time when we go out in public. This, this is getting serious, right? I see you, I see that you're scared. Those of you that have lost your jobs or your income or you're still worried that as the economy continues to decline that you're going to lose your job, I see you. For those of you that you're gonna have sick family members or you already have sick family members or your heart is breaking thinking of the people that are in the hospital, doesn't even matter what they're sick from and they they can't have any visitors, I see you. To those of you that are in assisted living centers, and you can't have any visitors. I see you. We are all looking out at our lives right now and there are things that are legitimately scary and concerning. I see that and I know that and I'm feeling that right with you. But the story goes on. This isn't the end of the story. Back to our story, David is asked by his dad to bring some food to his brothers. He's a young kid His brothers that are of warrior age, they're at the front lines. And again, David's life is disrupted. He probably doesn't want to go to the enemy lines. He's safe, he's protected, he's hanging out with his sheep all day long and wrestling bears. And then his dad says, hey, I need you to leave what you're doing to stop everything that you know, everything that is familiar to you. Leave that all behind and go into the scariness, to go into the uncertainty to bring your brother's food. Because there was no Grubhub, there was no click list. You had to actually bring your food to people that were there. So he goes, he does what he's asked. He allows his life to be disrupted. He goes to the front lines of battle. And as he is there, he hears in the perfect timing, Goliath taunting his army, taunting his people. And he has a question about it. And here is what he asks he turns to a soldier standing nearby and he says, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Now pay attention to this. Before I said, and I wanted you to pay attention, that Goliath said, I defy the army of Israel. And David says, not who is this guy that's defying the army of Israel, but who is this guy that is defying the army of the living God? And here is why this matters. Saul and his warriors, they were looking out across the way. They were looking out, and all they could see was what, what was rut right in front of them. And yet, David, he looked up. He didn't look out. He looked up, and he said, This isn't just about us. I see that God is here. I see that God is in the midst. I see that he's present. And he believed that before the war and the battle was even over. And here is why this is important. I know life is hard right now. And I think that there is a reality that it might continue to get harder for us, that more of us might lose our jobs, that we might know somebody that we love Somebody that we know and love might actually die. And I am not downplaying any of that. And I'm also not trying to be a bearer of bad news. But David is acknowledging the reality of the situation and he is still saying, I am not looking out. I am looking up. And I believe that God is present. I believe that God is going to get us through this. I believe that he's real, that he's there, that he's fighting for us behind the scenes. And it is that belief as he looks up that gives him the ability to move forward in his life. And what does he do next? Here is what he does. Verse 40, he picks up five smooth stones from a stream and he puts them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff in sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines he goes to war, he goes to battle. He says, I'm not gonna choose to look out. I'm gonna choose to look up and move forward with my life. And I bet that as he approaches Goliath, this 14-year-old scrawny little kid, Goliath the giant, the rock, sees him, and I bet he literally starts laughing and he's like, "You really, you gotta be kidding me, I mean, April Fool's was this past week. So like, is this an April Fool's joke? Are you guys punking me? Like, where's the hidden camera? You cannot be serious right now. In 40 days, this is the best that you can find, a 14-year-old kid who's literally not even of age, to fight. This is the best that you have. And yet, David says, yep, yep, because I'm not looking out, I'm looking up. And he responds like this to Goliath. David says, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord's heavenly armies, the God of the army of Israel, who you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here, will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell down on the ground. David looked up and it gave him an opportunity to move forward in his life. Major life disruptions are an opportunity for us to stop looking out at all the things that are legitimately scary and concerning, and they give us an opportunity to look up, to remember that God is in charge, that God is in control, that he is present that he's grieving and mourning over everything that is going on just the way that we are. And it doesn't just remind us to do it now. It gets us in the habit of looking up on a continual basis so that we bring this mindset and this approach into the rest of our life. And this was something that David brought into the rest of his life as well. He didn't just stop looking up in this moment he set a pattern and a standard as a 14-year-old that he brought into the rest of his life. And sure, he had some hiccups here and there along the way, but he's, hum- he's human, and so are we. And this is a great reminder for us to say, yes, the things that are out there, they're legitimate and they're, they're concerning. But we have got to continue to look up. And this disruption, it happened to both Saul and David. Neither one of them got to choose that their life was being disrupted, but they got to choose how they were gonna respond to it. And Saul chose to only look out and live in his fears and his concerns. And David decided to look up and remember that God was there the whole time. And he did this before he even knew what the outcome was going to be. And this is what we need to do as well this morning. We don't know what the outcome is gonna be. We don't know how long we're gonna be in stay-at-home orders or supposed to have social distancing or how long we're gonna be going to King Supers with masks on our faces. But this is our opportunity to decide to make the choice to look up. And the cool thing about this is that when David decided to look up, he not only created hope for himself, he created hope for his entire community, his entire nation. Before he even went to battle, he was the only one that said, I am willing to try. And at that point, he brought hope back to his people. This is an opportunity for us to be the light of the world that Jesus told us that we were, because the light, it lights up dark places. It gives hope it's a chance for us to remind other people not to just look out, but to look up as well. And here's the thing, there is never going to be a better chance for you to get to know your neighbors and to be a positive influence on them, right? Because normally in everyday life, your neighbors are busy, they have places to go, they have things to do, and now your neighbors, everybody is walking. (laughs) There is never gonna be a better time to meet your neighbors. So be intentional about it. Go outside strike up a conversation with them, standing six feet away, of course, and the only reason that they might turn you down and not wanna talk with you is because they're like just on a break from Tiger King, right? I mean, this is what we have heard people talking about, that from the rest of our lives, we're gonna look back at this time in our life and we're gonna be like, coronavirus and tiger thing, those two things are synonymous with each other. But this is a chance for us to say, let's get to know our neighbors, let's help turn, people's minds to help them look up. And so what does that look like? Maybe your neighborhood is howling every night at eight o'clock. There's neighborhoods that are doing this. It's just a way to get out, to release some energy. Maybe your neighborhood is gonna put Easter eggs in the windows so that the kids can walk around and go Easter egg hunting since they're not gonna be able to do it. And even if you don't have a kid, put your Easter egg up in the window, participate. Be a light to people. Maybe it's filming a live video of your story, of the way that you have been looking out and all of the things that you are scared of that are valid and saying, yes, but I have started to look up and here's how this perspective switch has changed my life. Use your stories as a chance to inspire people around you to help them look up. And maybe you're tuning in this morning. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you're a part of a friend's watch party because you didn't have anything else better to do on a Sunday morning. Um, maybe you're listening to this this morning and you're like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure that I believe in this whole God thing. I'm, I'm not sure that I believe that looking up could make a difference. But here's the deal. You might not believe in God, but he believes in you. And I believe that it is not a coincidence that you decided to tune in this morning and that you are watching this because God has things that he wants to say to you this morning, he loves you, he is on your team, he is fighting for you, he is on your side. And my encouragement to you would be just to continue to come back every week and continue to engage in these messages because God has something to say to you and you might end up believing one day that the God of the universe loves you and died on the cross for your sins, which is what we're gonna talk about next week with Easter coming up. So right now, in the quietness of your couch, or your kitchen table, or your bed, however you are engaging with this service this morning, we give every week at the Grove what's called a God space time. We believe that God wants to be involved in your life, that he has specific things to say to you this morning. And so right now in the quietness of your seat, take some time to ask God what he is saying to you this morning about looking up. Will you pray with me this morning? God, our lives are being disrupted. And we don't like when that happens. It's annoying, it's inconvenient, but it's happening, and we have to deal with it. I pray that we would be more like David in this time, that even though there are real worries, concerns, fears, grief, that we would remember to look up. We don't know how it's gonna end, but we know you are there. And we pray that we would lift our eyes to you, our hopes to you, that we would come to you with our concerns, our worries, that we would turn all of those things into prayer. Believing that you are our God, that hears our prayers, that you care what's going on in our life and that you are working behind the scenes in all of this as well. I pray that we would all continue to find ways to engage with each other so that we can continue to be the church until we can be together physically again in the future. If you joined us this morning, we would love for you to fill out a communication card. We're gonna put a link in the comments. It's just a way to let us know uh, that you're here and there is a section for you to write any prayer requests that you have. Our staff loves to know what's going on in your life. We would love to hear your stories of ways that you're looking up, of ways that you see God moving. Fill those in in there so we can celebrate that with you. And then if you need prayer, put that in there as well. what What are the things that are going on that... Are, are, are you're struggling with that are concerning that Are stresses for you please put that in there so that we can be praying for you and if you need help or assistance or a pastoral call or prayer from us please do not hesitate to call to email to text us we are still working we are still here and we are still fighting for you all behind the scenes as well So we hope that you all have a great week and we would love for you to come back and join us next time, same time, next week, same time, same place and and invite a friend to come back with you. Thanks for listening to our message podcast. Are you local? We would love for you to join us in person on Sunday. We have tons of fun at our services. If you liked this podcast, take a moment to subscribe. You can click the share button and share it with a friend or take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram or Facebook. And hey, always remember, you are loved.